Welcome to Hometown Glory, your Spurs and Culture Pod. I'm Rosa, and here with me are Sam and Tom. Also, here are the vibes because we're back. No, I will not be taking questions on the West Ham game. I should know that two out of the three of us did not see a minute of the Newcastle game live, but we're also not going to consider the implications of that. Sam, as the one person who was actually there, how good did it feel to finally win a game again? So, so good. Um, yeah, absolutely buzzing with with that win um couldn't be happier really yeah like like we said it really felt like that one was yeah sort of the purge of um the previous few weeks um all that pent back uh sort of fun in front of goals um yeah that we got to to put past Newcastle so it was was good and it could have been more as well um but very very good spirits were pretty high on the ground I think considering off the back of yeah, sort of not winning in in five, was it? And um, yeah, it was just nice to to score first and go on and, and win a game. <laughs> yeah, to actually, yeah, I'm gonna say, were there like were there nerves at one nil? I I, I I thought that we were always gonna do it reasonably, not comfortably, but I I thought that we were gonna go away and and have a bit of fun because yeah, like I was saying before, it was I felt like it was just a matter of time before we absolutely demolish a side. And I still think that we've we've got yeah business in that department to do um, where we actually really fill the side in you know four five six um, but yeah what weren't too many nerves at one for me at least um, I think everyone just saw how well the team was playing and that it was a matter of time before the second um, and it was just nice to see us be a little bit more clinical and continue to create chances it was like the, a total contrast to to West Ham on on Thursday night. Yeah, and some of the chances I can't because I've seen sort of extended highlights now, and we can talk about him a little bit more later. I think, but like two of Brennan's chances, like I, I literally can't believe they weren't goals. Crazy, crazy, um, like that the, the one where he hits the the post, and it would have been just the icing on the cake to such a beautiful move. But I've uh, watched it loads of times now, and I'm like, surely that's gone in. <laughs> Not just the post; it's the inside of yeah. the post. Like it's hot, like it bounces out from from the inside of the post. It's mad. Tom, um, talk us through your experience or not experience. Well, I, I've been a, on quite a journey in the last week because I was at the West Ham game, and I think there was something about like three home games in a row, lo- going, being at three. So you'd been to all of those, hadn't you? And I was at all of them. And, the miserable- and they were getting progressively colder as well. Yeah, like I had the- a ticket for the West Ham game. And in the end, I was like, I, I was like, it's too late. I have to go by myself. I'm like, I'm, I'm just not doing that trek. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. And you live in deeper South London. Exactly. The, the weather for that West Ham game was bleak, wasn't it? And then you, I sort of got out of the tube. The police vans are herring down the road. It's pouring with rain. The whole night was was pretty miserable. And, you know, we've allowed West Ham to become our bogey team a bit. Um, so, and you, we know West Ham are a big deal for me. Um, anyway, Sunday, I could not make it. I mean, we were we had a family event where we went to meet Santa at this thing called Wishmas in Waterloo and I mean I wish we'd had tickets 
for for either when the West Ham game was or the Villa game or the Chelsea game. But unfortunately it fell on the Newcastle game. So part of me was like, oh, we're clearly going to win. I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss a win. And the event that was called Wishmas was in the old Waterloo vaults. I don't know if anyone's ever been there, but there's no phone signal. And the, the it lasted for the entire game. So and I was quite relieved because it meant I wasn't annoying my wife by keep looking at my phone and sort of either celebrating or being miserable. So it's the first time in forever that I haven't looked during a game, walked out, went, oh, God, I finally got signal and looked at my phone and we were, and it was 4-1. And I think the whistle went like a minute later. So I was in sort of, you know, buzzing off meeting Santa, obviously, but also like very, uh, just very excited to see us having scored four goals. And their goal also came like pretty late on, right, as well, the, the, their sort of consolation goal, Newcastle's. 90 plus one. Yeah, it was a piece of absolute nonsense, frankly. Yeah. It's quite, it's kind of annoying, isn't it? That we'd like. I know the whole performance is great, but a clean sheet would have been really nice. But um, yeah, and obviously I've watched highlights and everything since. And uh, yeah, it was like it was coming, and we know we know we set that standard at the start of the season. Um, we obviously missed like Madison and that like that West Ham game as well. We were really missing Mickey, I think. Um, uh, but yeah, it was coming and yeah, what a massive, massive win against a really good side who are playing Champions League football. I don't know, people seem to be going, oh, plucky old Newcastle and they've they've had all these injuries and we should all feel sorry for them. I don't give a shit, like, fuck off. They've got so much money. They've got the, the wealth of, the, of Saudi Arabia behind them and they knew that they were playing Champions League football this season. They've had some injuries, but Eddie Howe seems to be refusing to rotate as well, right? Um, yeah, who cares? I don't plucky old Newcastle go away. Yeah, they were talking about like, oh, we've been forced to play the kids or whatever, but I think they've played like the same 11 as played like the last four games or something. And it's like, I, c- I can't remember what everybody's position on Kieran Trippier is in this pod. Obviously, I live with like the number one like trips defender, but he is like 33 now and has been forced to play like three games in a week and it really really showed up against Sonny my experience uh, that is a very weird thing of not being able to like check the score at all I I don't know how I feel about that you feel sort of like you're desperate to know but you don't you don't want to know um I was also at a family event with my kids and my dad and I was able to like quickly check, but it was great because it meant I could just basically go up to my dad and just kind of go, it's one nil, it's two nil, it's three nil, it's four nil. A little party <laughs> trick. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I think by the time we actually conceded, like we'd left. So as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't matter. It didn't happen. The only thing about that goal is I've watched it back and it is like, it's, it's a bad one for those of us who've like defended Hoybier, isn't it? That's the only thing I will say. He sort of gives the ball like straight back yeah. in a really dangerous area. I was talking to somebody about these sort of unneeded, kind of a little bit sloppy goals. Um, and my take on them is that I'd prefer it sounds mental, but like I'd prefer the sort of weird, crazy rebounding goals that happen against West Ham or the one two with the post, um, or yeah. Jollington's on Sunday prefer the likes of that to be happening than a team to be cutting us up like a hot knife through butter because mm-hmm. uh, I think they would be more alarming issues opposed to you know what I would see as 
quite fixable things. Yeah, and I think that sort of that speaks to the the in, the entire game, right? And to be honest, the sort of last few weeks where we've we've all been able to basically hold our nerve, haven't we? Because we've seen what's been going on, and we've seen that we've been slightly ropey at times, mostly against Wolves and a bit against West Ham. Um, but mostly we've just kind of kept playing and we've been quite unlucky to not score more goals. And the goals that we have conceded have not been sort of, oh, yeah, that that sort of being just kind of cut open, I guess. So it was a real result, I think. Because you guys have said this. I think like specifically you said it, Sam, and I think Billy said it, where it's like, we're going to, we are going to like thrash someone. And I have not been like a hundred percent convinced because I'm just like, I don't really know. Like it just, you know, Tottenham, blah, 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 the pressures of history. Um, But it did finally happen. Do you feel like we were like, how much of it was us being like brilliant and how much of it was Newcastle being exhausted? And do we, does it even matter? Do we care? I think the latter, uh, don't care mm-hmm. because you know like you you can only play what's in front of you at the end of the day right like i don't i don't really know what we're meant to do about them we're meant to feel sorry and play like our b team and we've we've got enough you know sub stories of our own to be worried mm-hmm. about um so yeah i'm i'm super happy with the win and i'll take as much joy out of it as i physically can um they're a great side, like you were saying, Tom. Like they they smashed Chelsea the other week. Not that that's a big feat these days, but um, you know, like they're they're playing Champions League football. They they'll turn over some good sides this season. We're lucky that their away form is crap, and that's when they came to Tottenham. Um, but yeah, you never never apologize for yeah putting a team away like that because you got to you got to enjoy it. The Premier League's a tough league. You get three points, you take it. They've got players like Livramento and Anthony Gordon as well, who cost an absolute fortune. Like, and and Gordon's had a really good season. Like even Trippier, you just reminded me, Rosa, that Trippier never played two games in a week when when he played for us. He was mm-hmm. always rotating um, with Carl Walker. Um, so yeah, anyway. And then obviously uh, Serge Aurier. Oh, oh yeah, Serge. Yeah, good Lest we forget. Good old Serge. But yeah, we were great, weren't we? And I like I liked on Match of the Day 2 and a few other sort of podcasts and things that people have finally woke up to our fullbacks being fucking excellent because Adogi and Poro were just insane, weren't they? So, so good. Um, yeah, Poro, like, they're, yeah, they're both unreal. And yeah, as they were pointing out on Match of the Day, essentially play as midfielders and are kind of never in their fullback positions, right? But do get back as well, especially especially Poro. I think now when it's they're not, on the ball, at least they're not in their fullback positions. But true, true, true. And then their work rate, like off the ball, is amazing. Is there an argument that Poro has been our player of the season? Yeah, and I think <clears throat> sorry, I think it's um, absolutely insane that there was doubt over his like place in the squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at the start of the season, that this this wing back that couldn't play in a four and he's always played in a five at Lisbon. And it's, he was excellent in a five in an easier league in Portugal. And, um, you know, people writing him off after one game against Leicester or half an hour against 60 minutes, wasn't it against Leicester last season saying that he wasn't going to be cut out for the premier league. And all of a sudden he's playing right back and basically number 10 when we've got the ball. Um, and yeah, I, I genuinely think he's, you know, top, 
top three players in our team for the season so far. He's been a consistently sort of seven, eight, nine out of ten each week. Um, and, and I has- think he's performed when, like, like he's performed like consistently throughout games, right? As well, like his he's not kind of dropped off over sort of ninety to a hundred minutes. Like he is the one. Like even against West Ham, he like kept pushing until the very end. I'd absolutely forgotten that sort of weird noise around him when he first joined. Just madness. It seems like a lifetime ago. It really so does. He's like our main creator now, which is <laughs> um, insane. Like everything goes through him, if not Kulisevsky. He's played um, more minutes than most as well. Like you're saying, yeah, like he, in terms of like switching off, he doesn't really get changed. I don't think we've, we haven't really seen Emerson at right back much this season, have we? Obviously at centre-back we have. Um, but yeah, five assists, which is like right up there. He's caught up with Madison. Um, uh, yeah, like our main, our main creator, which without Madison, without a playmaker, and we've kind of been experimenting in that position, um, we've needed we've needed assists from Poro. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Because like a week or so ago, we were talking about Lacelso, um, and obviously he dropped he dropped Lacelso for this game. Is- that was for fitness reasons, right? Although, or now we're thinking it was tactical. I don't know. I don't know because he obviously he seemed to think Son needed to be on the left, right? Um, so to kind of rejig that midfield, he. he I guess sent saw that Trippier was knackered and thought Son mm. could take advantage of him, but yeah, like and when like kind of is Kulu play is Kulu our playmaker now? Like, I think so. Playing just off the striker, he's been brilliant when he has played there. So um, yeah, maybe Kulu is our Madison replacement. I'm confused because I thought Lacelso might be, but maybe not. Do you know what it is, Tom? It's total football. They can all do it. That I wouldn't write Lacelso off um, just yet. I was I was having the chat pre-game when the team came out that I think that um, you know like there was a lot of moans and groans, like mine included, when Lacelso came off against West Ham the other night when we were very clearly struggling to you know sort of find the eye of the needle ball. But um, I think it just must be like he's not played a lot of football um, injuries and whatnot. Obviously for Argentina, he'll he'll churn out six games in about three days, but. <laughs> At Tottenham, he's, I can't remember the last time he played two 90 minutes in a row. So I think it's important to bear that in mind. And all of a sudden, we're playing three games in a week when he put in an enormous performance at City on Sunday to back up for, what, another hour, maybe, yeah, 70 minutes against West Ham on the Thursday. And then to start again on Sunday again, I think might have been, been too much for him. But also it played into our hand perfect, like, perfectly, like you said, Tom. Having um, Kulisevsky more central, um, Brennan in his more preferred right hand side, and and our boy Richie coming back into the fold, which was was another great talking point. Let's talk about Richie, man. I feel like I've got to give a shout out to Ash because um, we had a bit of a hometown glory Christmas do last night, and we saw Ash and. Obviously, where he sits, he's like the Richie defender and like his cousin sits with him. And there's like a, a whole like group of them who I think every time Richarlison does anything, they look at Ash to see what his reaction is. So I think he was like absolutely vindicated on Sunday when Richarlison like scored two goals. Um, do we feel like it was just the fact that he was injured that was holding him back? 
Well, yeah, like, they, it seems so basic, but like I. It seems like a kind of niggly thing that has been hanging over him for all like all calendar calendar year, and fingers crossed, like it's gonna free him right because his movement on i mean i like i prefer him down the middle to be honest than than like on on the wing um but his movement looked really good on uh sunday what did you think sam in the stadium yeah it, it felt different just watching him um the way he's moving but then there was there was one tackle that he put in where it, it made like I was in like row 30 in the park lane and it made that huge thud that just sort of rings around the stadium and everyone just looks at each other going, Oh shit. <laughs> like <laughs> what a challenge. Like this boy's up for it. Um, so I think he's like got that, it, he must just feel a million bucks now that like, he's got that confidence back. He's happy to throw his entire body weight behind a challenge in the middle of the park, bring that sort of raw aggression that we, we signed him for. And he's so well known for, um but yeah he he looked he looked the real deal on on sunday i think and um it was just so good to see obviously he's had more than his fair share of doubters and hard times you know talking about his mental health and yeah then the surgery it was i think people were like you know there was the um saudi rumors that sort of came out uh you know when he was going through his surgery um but yeah hopefully hopefully it's gonna feel like a new signing because yeah, he was twice the player than than what we've seen of him so far, I think. Um, more of that, please. I think even little things like his first goal and there's when Sonny kind of has the ball and is and is taking Trippier on and then plays that cross in. And Richarlison has kind of moved back to that. I think I was watching a match today and they were like, he's 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 moved back to kind of make sure he's got enough space to get that shot away. And it feels like that's the kind of thing that he wasn't doing, like his anticipation. Like he was trying so hard all the time and you could never fault his effort, but that maybe his sort of positioning and his anticipation wasn't so good. I mean, I guess because you literally just can't move as well, right? It's all weird, isn't it? Because we like had it with Sonny all of last season. We're all like, oh, he's, you know, he's finished. Maybe he's just kind of lost his pace, whatever. Um, and then it turns out he was just kind of massively struggling with this problem. And apparently he told Richardson to just get the surgery, didn't he? That's so good. Um, also, I mean, confidence, like if, if he's got a kind of this sort of niggling injury that isn't stopping him playing, but is affecting him, um, maybe that's been a part of his low confidence um, over the past sort of year or so. Uh, and yeah, we know he's we know he's a confidence player. We know he needs this kind of arm around the shoulder, um, and you know, not to be on a kind of dry spell. Fingers crossed, he can like push on now because we've got a lot of games uh, in the next few weeks before the kind of lull in January if we can get a few more goals I said at the start of the season I think the the kind of hill I didn't want to die on this this season was that like having to defend Richarlison I just like even if he gets 10 goals now for the season it would be huge and you know and he gets assists as well he's got already got a couple for the season and and, it, and he got a couple last season as well um yeah, let's fingers crossed. If he gets one or two more over this Christmas period, I think it'd be so great. I'm backing him too. I think what I saw enough yeah, on same. Him to feel like he's sort of found some found a sweet spot with it. You know, like these guys are such fine tuned athletes. If you're sort of carrying a niggle like that, I know that like they sort of say that 
most of them are carrying a sort of thing or two or managing something throughout the season. But um, it was obviously like really affecting him. But he, what you were saying before, Rosa, like being in the right time at, or the right place at the right time, it felt like everything prior to Sunday would, felt quite rushed. And it was all just like all the energy into a particular movement and didn't have the, um, I don't know, vision or composure to sort of, yeah, arrive when he needed to, but at, at, he popped up at the right time with it. Like even the, the timed run for that all over the top. And and obviously it, it could have been pulled out of the air a little bit with a bit more finesse, but I think he did exactly everything right, what he needed to do. And obviously the ball's in the back of the net. Um, but I think that's all right. Do you know what I mean? Like Richarlison, I don't think, you know, maybe this means he he's not ever going to necessarily be like some people's favourite players. Like his, he's not got like the best touch. No, he's not perfect. <laughs> and that, yeah, but also that I feel like you, th- that's all right, isn't it? Because in our team, we we have players like if we're going to go back to Poro, like Poro's first touch is incredible, right? And that's fine. And and you know, partly you don't like if you're a child, and you then you don't need your first touch doesn't need to be that great because you've got Poro to play that kind of unbelievable diagonal pass right to you that gives you kind of just enough time to kind of get your sort of body right I guess and if your first touch is a goal it doesn't really matter does it (laughs) (laughs) I do wonder actually because do you remember we've been talking um like at the beginning and a lot of the reason that kind of Sonny got moved into the middle to become the striker I think it was because in in the Ange system like the strikers get like the fewest touches of the ball right so you have to be a kind of player who's like patient is going to be okay with like not seeing so much of the ball like I I'd be quite interested to sort of see the stats from Sunday's game and how I don't know what it looked like from your perspective Sam of how much he was actually involved like how much he actually got the ball or whether that was just much more the other players as it kind of traditionally is with Ange Ball. Yeah, in, pos- in possession, it, it didn't feel like he he was creating loads. Um, I think like some of his hold-up play was was pretty tidy. Um, but yeah, like I, 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 most of the attention that I got was was on him. This is awfully worded, but uh, most of the action uh, that I was interested in was like off the ball and, and mm-hmm. defensively, which no one ever wants to give him the accolades for, but it, defensively he was phenomenal. Set pieces we've struggled with lately. And, you know, he was heading everything away um, like an absolute monster. Um, and then, yeah, like, the height as well, haven't we? Like, recently. Yeah. That West Ham game <laughs> we are not at all team. I mean, well, we sort of are, but uh, no, we're not, are we? No, they were giants. Like we've been missing Mickey in 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 the box as well, haven't we? Uh, in, our, in our own box as much as the, the opposition box. Like, um, having him, yeah, him back, and Saar's pretty tall as well. I was, I was just going to mention Saar because we mm-hmm. see what we've been missing the whole time. It seems so, man. It seems so. Like he just covers so much ground, doesn't he? And I think he is really key to making sure that because our inverted fullbacks are so inverted, and they are midfielders and forwards. And they spend so much time like in the opposition half that you need someone like Sars. Well, ideally, you know, we need Mickey van der Ven who kind of can cover so much ground as well and to stop counterattacks. But Sars does that magnificently as well, doesn't he? Like his legs are just so long, man. 
He doesn't even like, like half of the time I think it's not even, it's like he just gets there just because he can like stretch his toes out like that far. He's an absolute delight to watch, isn't he? Just the way he gets down the park, it, it's it's frightening how much ground he covers. It's like that age-old thing that people say, but like there's there's two of him on the pitch. Um, but it really does feel like it. Like he's he's here, he's there, he's everywhere, putting in tackles, just so good at recycling possession, moving it about the park. And yeah, I guess what we've we've struggled with, it's it's all been down to Basuma. And I get, and maybe it is a bit why Basuma's struggled lately, because he hasn't had his um his saw man next to him, just uh helping things tick over and and doing not always the dirty work, but um yeah, sometimes the stuff that goes unseen. He's very smart, isn't he, Saar, I think, position, especially positionally. And I think, like, Basuma hasn't been the smartest recently. Like, he's made some quite annoying mistakes. So, yeah, I'm, I'm well chuffed that Saar's back. And we've been talking about this a bit on text, I know. And, like, in theory, at some point, we have all our sentiments fit. Will it ever happen? We're got so many options. Never going to happen. <laughs> You're getting carried away, mate. Yeah, like, God. <laughs> but oh. yeah that would yeah god just and just like imagine being like I, we don't know who we're gonna play it would be absolutely incredible i feel oh i wish sarah got his goal man what a shot that would have been like so, so close but apparently there's been some talks um about a new contract for him in the next week or so mm-hmm. thoroughly deserves i think he's apparently he's on like 10 grand a week which is obviously like peanuts for somebody that's starting for tottenham every week and quite clearly so crucial to to how we play. So I hope he gets his big, wafty, um, sizable paycheck in, in the next week or so. He deserves it. Well, we've got destiny tied down as of today, right? Yeah, officially today. So mm-hmm. till, Is it five? Is it six years with like an, an, another year's yeah, option or something? He, <laughs> he's contracted too. Um, yeah, that, that was announced... I think maybe an hour or so before the Premier League announced their um, five-year cap on contract extensions. So I don't yeah, really very yeah. well timed Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> yeah, for once, man, that's quite weird. I'm trying to work out that sort of rule because it turns out that because Matt Law did a hilarious like Premier League rivals like twist the knife into Chelsea, but like they also voted for it, so I don't really understand. Like apparently. I guess they've already done their business, right? I guess maybe they're now like, aha, so no one else can take advantage of this like cool little hack that we discovered. I don't know. Hopefully. Can I, can I just check? Because so many people are butchering so many of our players' names. Are we saying a, a doggy or a doggy? Oh, I thought it was your doggy. Yeah, I, I think he's said that it's like doggy at the end rather yeah. than doggy. Only because I was Troy Townsend was on a f- podcast earlier calling him un, un, undoggy, I think, or undoggy. That's uh, definitely wrong. And on that, on that note, <laughs> yes, that's not it. <laughs> Here's so many people in the stadium calling Brennan Johnson Brendan. Oh no! Come on, yeah. guys! Come on! That's not. That's actually silly. Well, that's then. not difficult. It was well, the middle of the West Ham game, but I really wanted to turn around and go. It's not Brendan, guys. <laughs> with a D. <laughs> Actually, while we're on this, and because I thought we had all agreed that it was Pap Sar, right? Didn't he say that's how you say it? It's Pap. And then for a while, it seemed like loads of his teammates were calling him Pape. But now, 
but then Ange calls him Pap. I don't know, man. Maybe it's just affectionate. Pape. Maybe, maybe sounds, sounds a bit cuter. Pape, like yeah, like Madders or Winky of your Skippy. <laughs> Ange does Skippy, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, I bet, like, yeah, he'll be, like, Skip will be one of those ones where literally, like, no one will ever call him Oliver. Like, that's, yeah. My God, he had, like, a one-on-one as well, right? Yeah, should have been that. It could have been seven. Yeah. Because when I came home and I watched Match of the Day, and I watched with Ollie, and he was like, you need, what you need to understand watching these highlights is that, this is not like even half of the chances that we had. Yeah. Which was true. And then I watched the extended highlights today and it was like unbelievable because it's not just the chances. It's just those chances that like on another day, they, it's just, it's like millimeters. Right. And and on top of that, we were playing like demoralizing football. Like we, I think there was like five or six nutmegs where we were demoralizing just- them, not us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, just need to be clear because you know yeah. um, previous trauma. Previous trauma. Yeah, I blocked all of it. I don't remember mm. anything. Um, yeah, it never happened. But yeah, moving the ball around with, with yeah such purpose, and I think like what I was saying, um, we had a little post match debrief was like West Ham. We never got to the byline um, and and cut the ball back. We never went that step. Yeah, beyond their their low block to to get in behind them and turn them around. Whereas we just had a field day. Like Son, I know we'd spoken about him, but he made Trippier look like his legs were made of lead. Um, just making him stand up and and force him one way and got to the the byline. Yeah, two three times and creating huge chances from that. Um, but it's good to see us like really really take the game to them. Um, we were we were really good. It was it was such a fun game to watch. What what a performance from Son as well because we're doing yeah. that thing that we like would would get most of the way for a podcast and then go oh and Harry Kane was good um, <laughs> yeah. and then we, we the equipment we now do that with Son don't we mm. where yeah but what a captain's captain's performance from him and he uh, yeah it wasn't well no one was great against West Ham really but um, yeah he made up for it and fingers crossed he can take that into again take it into this Christmas run. He well, he sublime. came out and he was furious, wasn't he, after West Ham? Yeah, I think that was like a lot of his his goal celebration as well. Um, there was like a few things riding on that. Obviously, like there was apparently he was asked, I still haven't looked, seen that uh, interview yet, but apparently he was asked like um, in a an interview whether he thought that our creativity had dropped off a cliff because of no Madison. I think he took that quite personally because like you obviously carries a lot of the responsibility and he apparently got quite um got his back up against it and then turned out that performance which was phenomenal but it was, it was also nice to see us one get a penalty two mm-hmm. see take him and, and three um him put it in the back of the net and he and he really celebrated it too so it was it was an absolutely you know boss captain performance Love it was see. man it was a proper like all around yeah, superhero performance. That's interesting what you say because actually it was a quite Madison-esque performance in some ways, right? Just that fact of, you know, the way he went out wide and kind of skipped past Trippier, like not once but twice. Like basically those first two goals were identical pretty much, right, in terms yeah. of how they're created. And it reminded me a lot of um, the Arsenal game 
where like Madison did like the same thing twice. Back for a hot dog. Yeah. Um, and it shows like Sunny's such an interesting player, isn't he, man? Because to kind of start out wise and then move into center, and then I think, and I've had conversations with with Ollie and with you guys, I think, about like, is it because Sonny is so good at running into space, right? And so he's great in a counter-attacking team. But because we're so high up the pitch all the time under ranch, does that leave him with a sort of minimal amount of of room to move in? And is that and does that affect his game? But it's like he's such we don't always think of him as like a as necessarily like a super intelligent player, right? But he obviously is, isn't he? Like he can be anywhere. And he always says, you know, I will play wherever the manager wants me to play. But it isn't just that. It's not just being like, oh, I'll do whatever. But it's also, I will like learn and I will constantly improve. Like, that's like an incredible person to have as your captain, isn't it? So good. He's like a blessing. I I could rant all day about how um I'm so happy for him to be like the face of the club. And I hope he is for, uh, I was saying to you guys, like I want the club to give him like the Ledley King contract at the end of his time with us um, so that he just stays with us forever because he's the perfect professional um, and such a great ro- role model for kids um, and and me as well, adults. <laughs> Before we move on to Forest, because um, we should probably... Uh wrap up Newcastle should we also mention the vice captain um we should we should yes, yes. I fucking Let's love get him into it. I love him but honestly if he'd been sent off like after one game back two games back oh my god I'd have yeah I don't know I don't think I'd have ever been able to watch him on a football field ever again yeah, I think we'd have just been like, we need, we. I mean, we we do need another um, right side of central defender, but we'd have been like, maybe we actually need to plan for the future. Do you think it should have been a red card, either of you? Not for me. I think it's one of those that in you've slow-mo, seen them given in slow mo. It looked it looked bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think in real time it didn't look so bad. And like, I'll just go back to the Matt Cash one at uh, Villa when he fucked Benton Core for a few months. And that was very much a deliberate foul, that Matt Cash one, because he'd obviously yeah. just been to take Benton Core out of the game. But yeah, I've seen them given. Plus we were three nil up at that time, or were we four nil up? Um, three nil, yeah. So it's completely nil. unnecessary. Not a tackle Romero needs to make at that point, is it? So dude, just stay calm. And we've and again, so many games through Christmas, and then you've got a four match ban, right? So God, dude, just stay calm. Don't get another sending off, please. And is there any sort of um, amnesty on that, though? Like, is it literally if he gets another straight red for the rest of the season, it's a four-game No, I I think it will... um, This is a guess. Like, the the bookings reset in January, I think. There's maybe, like, six games to go. So, like, if you've got four yellow cards and you can um, hold out until then, basically, they they go back to zero and then... um, yeah, it's that's it's cleared. So I'm hoping that it's the same for the Reds. Mm. And we um, need Destiny as well to cling on because yeah, Destiny's one. got one to yeah. go. Um, but I think with <laughs> with the Romero thing, just before we leave it, I'm very happy that he got to lay one on Callum Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that guy is an absolute prick to to be saying what he was with the platform that he has. 
um, about somebody that's struggling with their mental health, like laughing at Richarlison with, um, yeah, that that other knobhead from down the road. Um, he fully deserved what he what he got yeah, laid out to him with him and and Vicario as well, poking his tongue out and having a cry about it, about respect <laughs> when you've literally just yeah, you know, coated off somebody on uh, on a podcast that's listened to by millions. Just like have a little bit of self awareness. Um, absolute flog. So happy Romero got away with it, um, mm-hmm. but also in agreement. I hope that he will yeah see that as a little warning for next time. I mean, I think part of the problem is um, he's probably going to he, he's sort of got a reputation now, hasn't he? Which is not necessarily his fault because there are obviously other like again, like Tom, you're right, the the Mary Cash thing, who's injured two of our players. It, like very seriously it's like put them out for like an extended period and I think like I'm not really sure what Romero's ever done like his own you know he has committed sort of rash tackles but I don't think he's actually like he's never injured another player or himself or done anything that necessarily even looked like he was going to I don't think I don't know it just feels like this is one of those like very sort of pearl clutching hysterical things because he's like you know foreign Oh, it's massive. The but also the the chat, the um keep or sell chat was absolutely ridiculous. Like, can we just oh, go right? I'm sorry. Back? I've said I'm sorry so many times. <laughs> no, but, uh, <laughs> no, but that that was happening again after that tackle. People saying we need to sell him. Um, yeah, we people are dumb. Yeah. But honestly, can we just go a week at Tottenham without having to just enjoy the win, guys? For God's sake, we've got one of the best defenders in the world, um, and he's aggressive. Like, you know this. Yeah, and also we've always cried about not having players who are willing to like fight for the team. So yeah, yeah. Tottenham fans never satisfied. What is new? Did you guys see Brennan Johnson's badge uh, fall off his kit? So that was <laughs> yeah. Yeah, quite. <laughs> we're so uh, we're such a slick operation, aren't we? Okay. Um, I but yeah, just quickly before we move on to Forest, a little shout out to my beloved gentle Ben for um the second I was gonna say the second match saving tackle in a row, but it isn't because he didn't do it against West Ham. He did do it against City. So anyway, City and Newcastle. Well done, very proud, very proud. Um and also quickly on Brennan, I thought he was magnificent. And I was also trying to think of what's the last time we got like a kind of young forward who was that exciting can't really think mm. I mean I guess Kulu but yeah. they're very they're sort of different players right do you know what I mean that they're, they're very, kind very of, different player yeah, yeah. and yeah. I genuinely because of the way he plays I actually always forget Kulu is so young Brennan's uh speed is unreal and how and I think although apparently he can and does play across that front line, including centrally, Brennan, um, he looked so much better on the right because mm-hmm. he he wasn't effective against West Ham on the left at all. He really was not great in that game. And um, that will come with time, I think. He's very yeah, young yeah. and eventually he will be able to play across those positions. But to begin he's with... still young and he seems like totally at an Ange player. And if, you know, if we had all our winger options, he wouldn't... He'd, be you know kind of rotated and how and be playing in kind of shorter bursts so maybe would impress more because of that if you know what mm. I mean right let's move on to Forest before um Tom kills us all um right we're playing on a Friday we're going there they are in a little bit of bother 
correct? They haven't sacked Steve Cooper yet, right? No, so we're not going to get, there's not going to be any danger of a new manager bounce, I guess. I was sure that they were going to have a new manager in by the time we we went up there, um, but they've stuck with him. So, yeah, I, I'm absolutely shocked by that. Where actually, do you know what? I haven't I just realized I haven't looked where they are in the league. That's 16. Um 16th. That's not great. No. Um yeah, off off the back of a draw, but prior to that, a 5-0 loss at Fulham, who were struggling to put the ball in the back of the net, and they put five past them. Um, a loss at Everton, a loss at Brighton, a loss at West Ham. Mm. Um, and but they did beat, surprisingly, Villa at home. Oh um, yeah. That's so weird. Um, I mean, that's just a classic sort of weird game, I guess. Cricket Surge has still been starting for them as well, because I always always like a bit to see Surge. I hope he's all right. And he is weirdly still quite fond of us. Don't really yeah. know why. No, he loves us. He loves us. <laughs> and then, do you know what? I, I've seen a couple of Forest games where he's been really good for them. I think he's one of their more reliable players. <laughs> that, does that tell you everything you need to know about their situation, though? <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, you're right. It's not saying a lot, but, you know. Um, he's not started the last couple of games, just for reference. Um, I'm not too sure if he's injured. He, he's not been in the squad for the last two. Um, That's sad. I imagine he's still at the club. I, I haven't seen anything from him. No. It's he's good that we are we are very prepared. With this last, last, sorry, yeah, last game he started was uh, was at Everton, um, and he didn't get sent off. Maybe he got injured. Who knows? <laughs> On a vibe tip, I was just kind of. I can't decide what I think about a Friday night game. I like I think I'm quite excited because obviously Sunday was Sunday was really good. So when I, I checked the fixtures, I was like, oh shit, we're playing Friday. It's another game quite quickly. But then again, if it doesn't go well, then I won't I honestly I'm one of those people that won't watch any football for the rest of the weekend. Yeah. Will not the, like my FPL team will not watch any podcasts and like just cannot enjoy a minute of football. Yeah, like it's all happen. ruined, everything. Yeah, and all it's a fun. long time for it to be ruined for as yeah. well. Friday night, yeah. then football is ruined for some time. Um, yeah. but yeah, come on, we've got to beat Forest, really, haven't we? Surely, man, surely. Yeah, you 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 really would hope so. I'm excited. I'm going up there. So first time at the city ground, obviously lots of history. Um, buzzing to be there. Last game for three weeks before before I go away as well. Excited to see uh, Brennan's reception too. That'll be nice. I imagine they'll give him a, good, a sort of reasonable reception, right? Because so, of, but football yeah. fans, you know, they're not always <laughs> level headed. <Yeah. laughs> it's just sort of you can't really. I mean, you can't really imagine booing Brennan Johnson, can you? Um, I think. Yeah, it'll be like a fun trip anyway, won't it? I do know that you have to come back immediately, don't you? I do, yeah. Nelly's Nelly's birthday on the Saturday, mm. so I'll be in very, very good shape. Um, this is the contract that I'm signing <laughs> by words now. <laughs> um, but yeah, it. gonna... it's, it's out there now. That's it. What do we think, Tom? What do you think the lineup's going to be? Well, I was just wondering this, right? So we haven't got anyone else coming back, have we? terms of injuries or suspensions no that's basically no, until so. yeah. january now like until yeah. until matters and and benton kerr in um in february uh and obviously van der ven we're not too sure on yet yeah so if anything in january with the um 
AFCON and the Asian Cup. If anything, we're just going to be a bit more depleted in January and we'd maybe hope people are back mid-Jan, I guess. Um, I don't know. We I would mean, maybe hope we would buy people also, but that's a conversation for another pod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot about that. Yeah, we can actually buy people, but I'm never very hopeful in that, that regard. Right, Steve uh, Kitchen. <laughs> I think he's got he's going to he's got to stick with the same team really hasn't he? But at least there are there are options on the bench now, including um, Lacelso, most obviously. I think so. Um, yeah, I he think, would go with that same midfield. You reckon? I mean, I think he probably will. I think, like I was saying, I think Kulu off the striker is the one, isn't it? Mm. Having watched him toil against West Ham, and he him him and Brennan did not work down the wings against West Ham at all. Um, so I think you've got to keep Kulu central and yeah, having Saar back is, is also massive. Sam, what do you think? Yeah, I'd go with the same team. Mm-hmm. I think you can't really, as long as everyone's fit, um, can't really change that side. They played with so much swagger. Um, I'd just let him go at it again. I suppose the only thing that could happen is that Sun and Richie swap, depending, because I don't really know how far is set up. So if that was a sort of specific move to take advantage, like, as you said, Tom, of the fact that like, Trippi was really tired, whether that would then kind of move, I don't know. I guess we'll see. But I think you're right. I think it, it will be the same. Yes, also what you could play La Celso with Basuma, uh, sorry, La Celso with Saar in the middle, potentially. Mm. But then- you don't really need if you've got the full backs and those wingers flying forward and Richie and Kulu in the middle, you don't really need that extra creative midfielder in the centre, do you? No, I don't think so. And I think you wouldn't want to be even even Basuma, especially if we feel like Basuma may be kind of coming back to what he was, you wouldn't want to ditch him either. Do you want to give me a prediction? Sam, you first. I love how Tom shakes his head as soon as you ask that question. I hate doing them. I hate Same. Doing- I don't even know why I make you do it because I hate it as well. I honestly feel like me predicting something is cursing us. Yeah. The second it comes out of my mouth. Yeah. Not you specifically, but yeah. Or maybe uh, you specifically. Who knows? 2-0 Tottenham. Let's go. 2-0. Okay. That sounds reasonable, actually. Yeah. I might, uh, I might just copy you, actually. That was the score that came to my mind as well. Yeah. Too. It's like solid enough, not rela- not like superbly relaxing, but rela- like, you know, good enough. You're both okay. cowards. <laughs> yes, yeah. correct. I'd like to enjoy my weekend, <laughs> like last proper weekend before actual Christmas. So like, please yeah. just make it easy Friday night. I sit on the sofa with a takeaway and then, uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of the weekend and maybe watch a few more games. Hopefully watch Liverpool's smash united just for the fun of it yeah Watching that'd be Arsenal loss who knows that'd be good that'd be good specifically Pride. if it was an arsenal women loss because that leads me like nicely not nicely at all into uh our next section um that is not going to happen but unfortunately we've got to play arsenal twice <laughs> this week we're um going to theirs tomorrow night in the conti cup Probably don't need to say too much about that because it, you know, it will have kind of been and, and gone. Um, and then it'll just be annoying. We're sort of, as it stands, we're top of our group. That this is the League Cup, we're, and it's it's done in in group stage in a sort of group stage. 
and then it goes into the quarterfinals. And as it stands, we're actually top of our group on goal difference. I imagine after tomorrow night, that will not be the case at all. Um, because in sort of classic Tottenham timing fashion, we have lost a bunch of our players just as Arsenal have got all of their players back and seem to be like hitting frightening form. They beat Chelsea 4-1 at the weekend, which is pretty alarming. Yeah, that Chelsea side are uh, something else as well. Exactly, man. And I mean, it was like at Arsenal, but still like has like a bad, bad, bad sign for everybody, basically. And Saturday is the league North London derby at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And it's such a bummer because a few, like a couple of months ago, I was very, very excited about this. And I thought we had enough to at least kind of give them a really good game and maybe get something out of it. And it felt like anything was possible. But we literally, like our entire midfield has gone. We yeah. don't have Olga Artinen. We don't have Evelina Seminen. I don't know when Drew Spence is coming back either. Um, it's quite dark, really. The comes on those injuries as well hasn't or has been sort of on form with with previous comms as well, though, right? Yeah, like, we don't know. We just don't know. I mean, at least we know what their injuries are. Not with yeah. Drew Spence, actually, but at least with Olga and Evelina. Because I think Evelina's is a hamstring injury and Olga's is a MCL, I believe. So, like, at least we do know. So if we wanted to, we could, you know, pick it up on the, like, NHS website. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> as is the, the uh yeah, the way. yeah. <laughs> it's a so, shame the, uh, the timing with with beth returning as well because there's obviously so much excitement riding on that i know man uh, i mean th- but sam you're right do you know what actually that is a good point because obviously the thing that was amazing so last weekend we lost four nil to man united which was horrible but bethany england was back and she started and she played like a good out like she played nearly an hour i think um, and so that means I imagine she will be starting the North London Derby, which is, you know, she's, she is still our best player by miles. And that is going to be a massive, massive lift. And to see her at the stadium on the sort of stage that I think she deserves to be on will still be quite special. Um, it's just, and you know, I guess to be honest, she's kind of, you know, she's used to playing with a sort of ragtag Tottenham side. Do you know what I mean? Should like, and she's been able to do it. Like, she's still been able to score like a million goals for us, like in spite of, you know, not playing with a proper team. So you never know. Like I always say, um, I'm a bit scared. I think it could. I think it could get quite ugly because things have been going quite badly for us that's not to say that it will kind of remain that way we just I think we've got to get through to the kind of winter break and hopefully get everybody back and regroup from there basically this is just a it's just a horrible run of fixtures we've had City and United and now Arsenal twice and that is an absolutely appalling run of fixtures to have when you've got so many injuries like there's just no way around it you know I mean it's just like horrible Tottenham timing it's just a shame this is happening at the stadium basically and it's not, it's never going to be a true telling of like where this team exactly, is. Exactly, exactly. Manager, it's yeah. just a horrific lot. Yeah, and that happens usually to us. Usually. But 
at least we all know how to deal with it. Yeah. The only thing, the only thing about it is that we were going to, you know, take the kids and now I'm thinking like, I will still go, but I think I might not subject my children to that experience. Set them off and them for life. <laughs> yeah. I feel like exactly. I want it to be fun. I want it to be fun. Um, because that was what was so nice about Sunday, right? Winning a game again. What a good feeling. So good. Yeah. You forget how much it sort of, so it affects your week. I realize how pathetic that is saying that out loud, <laughs> but um, it's it's nice. I mean, it is pathetic, but, but this is, we, we're all pathetic, so it doesn't matter. Bouncing into work on a Monday, looking the mm. Arsenal in the eye, just giving them a big shit-eating grin. How's your weekend? Like, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, let's move on to culture. Tom, what do you have for us? You know what? Between like Christmas parties, um, kids seeing Santa, football games, I haven't been doing tons. Um, I kind of am. I like a list, so I have been enjoying various like lists of best things of the year, and that's kind of been prompting me to um, to check out a few sort of albums. And I need to. There's definitely some TV shows I need to catch up on as well. Um, and I started, this is new, but I started something called Smothered on um, Sky. It's a kind of half hour comedy and it stars John Pointing, um, who is really good in everything he's in. He was in Big Boys on Channel 4 um, and he was in Please Like as well. Amazing kind of comedic actor. Um, and it's written, it's like a kind of rom-commy sitcom and it's written by Monica Heisey, who wrote a book that everyone loved recently. She's an author. Um, I'm else? so horrified because you're just like, you're saying words that I love and then you're naming names and I don't know who any of these people are and it's a very stressful, frightening experience. Everyone raved about this, the the book that Monica Heisey released, which was, and she wrote for Schitt's Creek as well. And okay. The novel was called Really Good, actually. But, um, it oh, yeah. Of, oh, okay. Yes. It came out right. this year, but it's like I feel grounded the, again. A buzz book, and I think it's about divorce or something. Um, anyway, Smothered, it's on Sky, um, and it's quite good so far. There's a really good female lead called uh, Danielle Vitalis as well. She's good. Um, and then, yeah. I don't know, looking, all I would say, I've been thinking about my favourite TV shows of the year since these lists came out. If you haven't watched Once Upon a Time in Northern Ireland, it's very much not a bantery half-hour comedy. It is a documentary series about the civil war, whatever you want to call it, the troubles um, in Ireland and Northern Ireland. Um, and it's brilliant. It's on iPlayer if you need, well, I mean, it's quite, it'd be, it's quite dark for Christmas time, but it's very, How many very episodes dark. is it? Four hour long episodes. Okay. okay. And it honestly is the one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. It's the same person he did once upon a time in Iraq, um, which was the kind of be the again, I can't remember how many episodes, but it had like the Iraq one had Tony Blair and like it got they got everyone. Um and yeah, the Northern Ireland one is is amazing and that's on iPlayer. But yeah, I'll try and have a more cultural week because I don't have tons this week. Yeah, it's been yeah. It's been a sort of weird time, hasn't it? It's just been too much other stuff going on. But I think we should definitely all get our own lists together for the end of the year. So that's something to think about. Sam, what about you? Uh, likewise, bit busy. I can't remember if I said that I'd finished uh, The Boys mm -hmm. uh, on the last app. But yeah, 
I won't ramble on about that, but so good. Um, I liked it way more than I expected to. Can't can't recommend it enough. Um, Are really you moving fun. on to the spinoff immediately? Yeah, straight on to to Gen V. Um, yeah. yeah, it was it was good having a little chat with um with Billy about that last night. How much he he enjoyed that. So yeah, um, on to Gen V, which he says is just as good. So buzzing for that. Uh, and then music wise. Um, got back on an old favorite for the first time in a while before the game. So w- whenever I listen to a record before the game, we play well. I'm kind of on that vibe until something goes wrong. Um, I was listening to Title Fight, um, one of my favorite bands back in yeah ages ago. Like they don't. Who are around. they? They're they're from Pennsylvania. They're like a an emo post hardcore band. Oh no, nice. No, no one, no one, <laughs> no one that listens to this is gonna like it. However, if you do listen to this and you do like them, message me because let's talk about music because I don't have very many music friends. Um, Because if you listen to one of their songs, you'll find out why. Um, Yeah, that's all I've been doing. Hanging out with you guys. Yeah, man. This is what I was going to say because you organized our Christmas do and we went to an amazing Thai place called Speed Bike Bar. And I fucking loved it, Sam. It was so good. The food was amazing. The vibe was really nice. And all of the music they played all night was late 90s, early noughties R&B. So it was just basically the perfect place for me. So thank you so much for that. Um, I have been watching Strictly, obviously. Tom, shout out to our beloved Jojo. Oh man! Made us all weep. It was so Saturday night. So, mm-hmm. so lovely. Him what and guy? What guy? They, like he was genuinely like in bits after every one of their dances. I think like if you were going to be on it, like he would be the professional that you would want to be partnered with because I think he genuinely teaches them how to dance and like makes them more believe in themselves. Like I've seen him do it now for like two two years in a row of taking women who were like very like unconfident in dancing and just kind of genuinely sort of making them like blossom. It was like really beautiful. And yeah. they obviously like, and he obviously like loves Annabelle, which is like so lovely. Yeah. When he was like thanking her kids and everything and oh. and her, yeah. Annabelle's partner. Honestly, like not a dry eye in the house, yeah. right? Like even as you said, uh, like even guy, like, in bits. Uh, uh, her partner, like of however her whole life, uh, died like six months ago or something. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so lovely. And yeah, I like what they were saying about her being like she's a tennis player. She's competitive. So yeah. like, oh, she went quite far. Yeah. There, yeah, that was lovely. I've kind. I'll be honest. I think I might have switched from Bobby and Diane to um, uh, Vito and Ellie. And yeah, and, man, uh, welcome. That I mean, they've been yeah. my pick for. A- most of the time really yeah because i think they're just better i like bobby and diane a lot but i don't think he's kind of hit the heights that they i mean he definitely hasn't no she's brilliant isn't yeah. she and he's very funny in interviews because he's got a lisp and is very italian he kind of yeah. and likes to explain every single dance that they've done using loads of terms that nobody understands yeah and they see yeah. and in theory they're a real they've they've found love in the on the show i know it's very cute it's very cute we're very much here for that as long as like no relationships have been like broken up in the course of said that's also happened but this seems to just be a genuine kind of cute thing no other people were heartbroken um the other thing that i've been doing is i've been listening to 
Empire, the Empire podcast, which um, has Anita Anand and William Dorimple on it. And I think they've, it's a series, and I've not really listened to any of it before, but this one is about the Persian Empire. And I've always been really interested in Iran, but like, and kind of more specifically in the last kind of year or so since the Women Life Freedom movement there. Um, and obviously as a country, as an empire, it has like an incredible, fascinating history. Some of the early episodes were slightly dull because it's a lot about kind of ancient wars and I'm not super interested in that but kind of later episodes they've kind of done some dives into Zoroastrianism which is very cool and interesting and Persian poetry so all of that is much more my jam the other thing the only thing they also did talk too much about was like have you guys ever seen like the movie 300 which is like genuinely one of the worst movies I've, I've ever not seen. It, no. Yeah, like don't. It's a it's a very much a like anti recommend from me. But I remember going to see it and being like, so this is to do with like yeah, so like Sparta fights the Persians, um, and I remember going to see it and being like, this movie is like weirdly fascist. <laughs> it just gave off like very fascist vibes, and it turns out, and I now from this very podcast, I now know that there might be a reason for that because apparently the Nazis were super influenced by the Spartans. So it was obviously, you know, an actual thing. So there you go. I'm learning history. Um, yeah, it's great. It's sort of, you know, it's a kind of light touch history, but sometimes that's kind of all you can really manage. But yeah, not sure. Like if anybody has any recommendations on books on Iran, that would be cool. Hit me up. Um, other than that, yeah, that's, that's it from me um guys thanks so much let's hope our weekends can be full of football um tom can you see us out up the motherfucking spurs (laughs) 